0: Good morning. Good
1: morning. Good
0: morning. Hope you had a good week. Uh, I was pretty quiet out there in response. I don't know, maybe you didn't have a good week. <laughs> All of a sudden I heard the crickets. <laughs>
1: um,
0: it was a good week at Milligan. It was a crazy week at Milligan. <gasps> Um, Most of you know we've been celebrating for about a year the 150th anniversary of the founding of Milligan College. Um, So we had the big, so it was homecoming weekend. We had the the final big blowout uh, on Friday night and homecoming all day yesterday and fireworks last night and uh, it was, uh, yeah, quite a week. So it was uh, a good week. We had several opportunities. to sort of tell the story of Milligan. I learned a lot of things this week I didn't know about Milligan. Um, But yeah, 150 years, that's a long time. So just, Milligan was founded in 1866, just after the end of the Civil War. So um, it began as, some of you know, this uh, Buffalo Male and Female Institute. So uh, yeah. You can see why we changed it to Milligan. That's just not very catchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, although, yeah.
1: Although
0: educating young
1: buffaloes was
0: Yeah. <laughs> male and female buffalo. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, they
1: don't associate
0: buffalo with r Well, you know, it, it's it's interesting. Um, being in the shadow of Buffalo Mountain all these years, it's... It, it's sort of stuck, you know. So it really is a sort of geographical uh, issue. If you have a mountain that you look at every morning that sort of looks vaguely like a buffalo, if you squint your eyes just right, uh, we've always we've always been the the buffalo. But so it's been a good week. Um, I know a lot of you were here last week, some of you weren't, so if you weren't here, I'm, I'm not talking to you So, but I'm wondering if anybody uh, took the challenge that we had last week. Um, I challenged you to, uh, and challenged myself also to, um, we're talking about vulnerability, and one of the things we talked about, began talking about last week was the vulnerability of, of listening. Um, we often think about the vulnerability of speaking and we'll get to that at some point because <laughs> there's certainly that too. But a lot of us, uh, there's something vulnerable about listening as well. And we, we talked a little bit about that last week. And one of the things we said we would try if we had the courage and God would give us the strength is that we would pray um, that God would give us the patience and the strength and the courage to to try to genuinely listen to one person each day this week. Um, And try to keep from doing what's so easy to do, which is sort of half-listen, which is sort of pretend like you're listening, but basically waiting for the other person to stop so you can say the really more interesting thing. right? Um so I'm just ki- we don't want to, you know last week I made the mistake of handing the class over to you, and I hardly got it back before it was over uh, but it was good, it was good you, you told good stories and said good things, so um i don't I don't regret that too much um, but I thought we might start today i mean if if we've got two or three stories um, that anyone wants to share about if you actually uh Did find yourself uh, intentionally listening this week with a little more attention uh, on the person that you're listening to and maybe a little less attention on the one listening. Um, Just curious to know how that went or, I mean, I don't know what you might have to report. Uh, It may have gone disastrously. I, ac-
1: I accepted your challenge.
0: Okay, thanks Al, go ahead.
1: Uh, every day I intently listened and I found out that most of the ones that I was with, I agreed with. <laughs> we, were, we were pretty much on, on target. And then, and so I was, I was doing good. And Thursday, uh, actually I happened to be at home and, uh, <laughs> I actually forgot to listen <laughs> uh, and then, after I got into some trouble i uh, i remembered remembered your your lesson and uh challenge, and i listened and uh Think you may have saved my marriage. Pretty <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, good. God works quiet miracles day after day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Anybody else?
1: I've got something I'd like to share. Go ahead, Tom. It's not. It's not a practice of what you told us. But when you were teaching last week, I was reminded of something that my mother taught me when she told me when we were first married, not my mother and me, but Louise and I, that uh, the first great duty of love was to listen, just listen. And then as I thought about that, you know, it occurred to me that listen and silent have the same exact letters in them. So listening implies you need to be silent while somebody else has a chance to. Because mm. if you're silent, you're gonna be listening and understanding more. Yeah. I didn't realize that until I, I wrote the letters down. I said, they have the same letters, it's silent,
0: so. Thank you for saying that, that's, uh, that's well said. And as we were suggesting, it's not just silencing your lips, it's silencing the mind. It's just racing the, and that's, that's a much harder, I mean, I can close my lips for at least a few seconds, um, but it's 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 the it's the mind that just keeps racing. And to really enter into what that other person is saying, um, knowing that if if we are um, actually listening and allowing ourselves to be around people. Uh, particularly who may see the world a little differently than we do. Uh, I mean, that's part of the vulnerability, isn't it? I mean, if I, I mean, I can arrange my life without too much trouble. It's a little harder when you're on a college campus because you're around just lots and lots of people every day. Um, but still, you can arrange your, your life so much that most of the time you're around people who can easily sort of echo what you already think and see the world, and there's something comforting about that. Um, I like to be around people who see the world like I do, just as much as anybody else does. Um, But I also know, unless I think, uh, unless unless I'm arrogant enough to think I'm the the first follower of Jesus who's gotten it all right uh, over the last 2,000 years, that I have have blind spots. I have things that I don't see uh, well or see wrongly. And um, and I need I need people who are willing to help me see that even if they don't even if they don't think that's what they're doing right uh, now once in a while you'll have somebody who actually will see your blind spot or will see my blind spot and they'll um, respect me enough and care enough about me to help me see my blind spot and. And there's some vulnerability in that, right, uh, on both sides. Um, and we'll talk more about that. But that's, that's part of the vulnerability of listening is being open. Um, one, there's a kind of ministry of listening, being open to the other person's vulnerability. Because, you know, sometimes when we're not really listening, I mean, Most of us have a pretty clear sense, if we're honest, about people who actually are listening to us. You can tell pretty quickly whether someone's listening or half-listening. We've all lived long enough, I think, to sort of pick up on that. And most of us aren't going to, most days, be very open and vulnerable with someone who's just half-listening to us. And so part of the ministry of listening is, is making room for the other person's vulnerability, right? Is creating a space, a safe space, so that they can open up and say what they may need to say um, without fear of you know, immediate judgment or criticism or anything of the sort. Um, so there's a kind of ministry of listening, but it's also true that genuine listening does potentially lead to change on our part. right? I mean a person, when we hear somebody's story, um, it may it may change the way we see them. It may change the way we see the world, it may change the world the way we see us and and that can be a moment of vulnerability for us, because, as we said last week, we don't necessarily find change easy. most of us don't myself included, and so um, so I'm grateful for those of you who are willing uh, to try that this week um, it it was it was pretty easy for me only because we had so many, I mean, this is a, a kind of week where a lot of former students make pilgrimage back to Milligan. So I had a pretty steady stream of people um, who wanted to kind of tell me what was going on with their life over the last, uh, since I'd seen them last. So it was, it was a beautiful week for me. I got to hear a lot of stories from students and it was uh, encouraging. Um, my, my biggest challenge, or one of my challenges, like you, Al came this morning at home. Um, I went last night was uh, fall formal in Johnson City at Science Hill, uh, to which our youngest daughter went, and uh, we we thought we had her parents thought they had an idea of what was going on after fall formal. <laughs> But it turns out when we woke up this morning, and she wasn't in her bed, and her car wasn't in the driveway, that we realized um, maybe we didn't know what was going on after fall formal. At least not all the details. So we called, and um, she answered. That was good. Um, and she told us she was I'll be on her way home shortly. Get ready for church. Um, And so when she got home, you know, I was working hard, praying, help me listen. (laughs) Because I was pretty sure I knew what I wanted to say. (laughs) Um, But I also know that she was likely in her vulnerable position, because I think she knew that she was, at minimal, should have called, texted something uh, when she decided to stay at a friend's house, which wasn't a problem. It's just we didn't know where she was. And as a parent, you know it's not a good feeling to wake up in the morning and not know where your children are. And, um, and I knew that I needed to let her know that, but that I also knew that that shouldn't be the first thing that I said when she walked in the door. So how do I listen, give her a chance to talk? And I could tell she was... I mean she wasn't like shaking but I could tell she was anxious right so um, so we talked and I think um, came to an understanding about what to do next time and uh, I appreciate her honesty and vulnerability and I, I think by God's grace I was able to genuinely listen and hear her um, and I think I think she heard me when I finally uh, got around to saying a couple things that I thought it would be good for her to hear in response. So um, I didn't expect to have that happen this morning before I was a few minutes late getting to church because I thought, you know, this is more important than, you know, catching the first hymn at church. Um, this is an important moment for our relationship. So, yeah, um, those kind of things happen every day in your household, outside of the household, other places. Um, one of the things um, I'm going to give you give you your your assignment like an old school marm here. Uh, give you your assignment for this week this coming week right now, because I'm afraid I'm going to forget it. I'm at point in my life where I forget things. Um, So so this week, I'd like us, uh, this week we were thinking about listening um, and and our own potential vulnerability in listening. Um, This week, I'd like us to just see if we can be just a little more attentive than we might otherwise be to who, who are the people in my daily life who are vulnerable, right? In whatever circles I find myself, in my household, in my work life, in my neighborhood, um, in my community. I mean, just as I go about my daily life, again, my, my tendency is to think of, I and mean, it's just natural. Human nature. It's just my tendency is to sort of be caught up with, completely fixated on my my own agenda, my own concerns, and I'd really like us for this week just to see. And again, I think it would be good to begin with a prayer. Uh, if we if we have the courage to pray, is is this week each day to begin? Uh, with a prayer that said, God, give, give me eyes to see uh, those who are vulnerable around me today. Um, and I'm not really asking, I mean, I trust, your, I trust you to, do, to respond however you think is appropriate to what you see or whom you see. I'm not really giving an assignment for that. I'm just asking God to give us eyes to see this week. Um, can we, just like this week we were trying to really listen, um, maybe this week we would pray that we would really see. Um, and then we'll, um, yeah, and that might be uh, a prayer an ongoing prayer, but to, let's see if we can do that for this week, just would God give us eyes to see those around us, in whatever circles you, you're in, um, those who are vulnerable. I'd like us today to talk just a little bit more about listening and the relationship between listening and vulnerability and i wanted to think about the relationship between listening to each other and and being listened to and and being listened to by God and listening to God. So last week we talked a little bit about how listening is both vulnerable for the one listening and the one being listened to. And I think there might be some interesting connections, in fact I'm quite sure there are, between my willingness to listen to you and my willingness to listen to God. It shouldn't surprise us. Um, One of the things we suggested last week was that uh, listening is in some ways a very concrete practice of love, right? Uh, some Some of the times you have felt most loved in a concrete way goes for me as well, is when someone has genuinely listened to me. I've felt so seen, so known, uh, loved, because someone has taken the time to actually, because we all know how hard that is, I think, in many ways. Um, You know, when Jesus says, no greater love has anyone than to lay down their life for each other, I mean, that's You somehow think it's easy easy to think of that in really dramatic terms, like self-sacrifice. But I think more times than not, laying down your life for another, for me daily, is like laying down my agenda, my schedule, my own uh, fixation on whatever it is I'm focusing on. You know, laying that down for another human being who's in front of me, in order to actually listen to them. That's a kind of little death, if you will. You have to die to you know, all the things that would otherwise preoccupy us. And so if, if listening, and, and I think we've mentioned this before, I mean, I like to think that when somebody says, well, do you love that person? I say, well, of course I love that person. And someone would turn around and say, but do you listen to them? It's like, well, now you're getting awfully specific right? Um, because you know, love can sound so abstract, so generic. Um, how would I know if I was loving another person seeking their well-being? Well, here's a very concrete way. Um, and I think most of us probably realize deep down inside that it's, it's pretty hard to love somebody. Um, it's pretty hard for me to love someone if I'm not willing to listen to them what would that even mean? I mean, if love is seeking another's well-being sort of relentlessly, how could I I seek your well-being relentlessly if I won't even genuinely listen to you? So if there is this deep connection between listening and love and all the vulnerability that's attached to that, then it seems like when we think about our relationship with God, that this might also be the case. I mean, it's interesting, we all know Jesus' double love command, right? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and Jesus says, and the second which is like it. Um, Oftentimes we make it like very different, right? Jesus doesn't say in the second, which has nothing to do with the first, is to love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus seems to think these are intimately connected, that somehow love of God and love of neighbor are intimately connected. And so it may be, uh, in ways that aren't immediately obvious, but are so, that if I'm having trouble, if I'm having trouble listening to those people around me, It, it probably wouldn't be surprising if I also am finding myself having difficulty listening to God. Um, you now, we often think about prayer as talking to God, and that certainly is an element of prayer. Um, but we all I think we also know that prayer, the harder side of prayer is the listening side. Uh, Partly because it, we often don't know exactly what we're listening for. Maybe uh, it's a challenge. Uh, I know what it means to talk to God. I got the talk inside down. Um, but what what does it mean to genuinely listen to God? Um, to be silent. Go back to Tom's point. To be silent before God, and and in that space of vulnerability. Right uh, to, to be open to what God might say. But if I, can't, if I can't quiet myself, if I can't set aside my agenda to listen to you, uh, why would I think that I'm likely find it easier to quiet myself to listen to God and to be Vulnerable in that moment. I mean, one of the things we mentioned last week is one of the reasons it's so hard to genuinely listen to someone Is because they might say something to us that we find really hard And if you're like me, I don't I don't really like people to say things to me that are really hard Um, I like it when people Affirm me. I like it when people tell me I'm a wonderful guy I mean, who doesn't like that, right? But I don't like it when people say, you know what? I'm pretty sure you were, in that, in that meeting we were just in, I'm pretty sure you were a jerk. Uh, what was that about? I mean, how, how do you hear that? This is your good friend talking to you, right? It's not like someone who's got it in for you is looking for every chance to sort of criticize. This is someone who who cares about you and says, you know, I'm not really sure what you were doing there. Um, well, that happens in human relationships, that vulnerability in opening yourself to listening. Um, one of the reasons I find it hard to listen to God is that often when I'm quiet before God, uh, all kinds of uh, blind spots and weaknesses uh, start becoming more apparent, and I'm, I find it difficult. Um, I'm made aware of my own yeah my own shortcomings, my own weaknesses, um, my own blind spots, um, things that I don't really want to deal with. and I, I feel vulnerable in that moment I feel we said one of the things that uh, vulnerability is about is, is feeling exposed, <clears throat> right? And uh, often in, in prayer, if I allow myself to be silent before God, I feel exposed. Um, even though I know um, that God loves me despite all of those things, that are exposed I don't feel any less exposed right um, and I don't mean that I feel condemned it's, it's, it's not that so much um, it's just I I feel exposed I feel naked before God um, and this is gonna come up in the next couple weeks at least this this notion of how much energy that all of us expend, at least part of the time, um, try to, as far as crafting a certain image of ourselves, both for ourselves and for public consumption. And so, I mean, I want you to think of me in a certain kind of way. You may want me to think of you in a certain kind of way. And so we say and do things that sort of craft a certain image of ourselves And we all know that that image isn't quite the whole story, right? I mean, we know this, Um, but when we're quiet before God, I think, and we're silent before God, and we genuinely listen before God, we, we are reminded anew of what we always already know. And that is while I may be able to craft an image for you, and you may not ultimately know the difference, I mean, you probably know there's more to me than that. I mean, I, I know that there's, it's kind of silly for me to sort of do that with God, right? It's if I can kind of fool God into who I am. Um, and so one of the reasons that, but I can, but I don't have to think about that if I don't slow down enough, right? If I don't slow down enough and don't allow myself to come before God in silence, and generally listen to God I can just kind of keep myself busy enough to where I don't really think about the fact that God sees me as who I am not as who I am trying to uh, convince everybody else that I am including myself right and there's that that vulnerability that sort of the the pretenses fall away uh in that in that listening before god and i realize that you know i'm i'm not uh i'm not just who i have crafted myself to be and that that's uncomfortable we just have to be honest about it that's uncomfortable because i'm reminded of the sort of disconnect between my so-called sort of public persona and who I know myself to be um, if I allow myself to slow down and actually consider it. The great German theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who a number of you have heard of, he uh, wrote and worked in the very difficult circumstances in Germany during the rise of uh, the Nazi regime, and ultimately lost his life right before the end of World War II. Um, Had some wise things to say about the connection between listening to God and listening to each other, and saw a sort of a strong connection and also echoes um, Tom's wisdom that he received about this sort of duty that we have the sort of first duty that we have to listen to each other. Um, So I thought I'd just as we start to wind down a little bit, I thought we would just listen to uh, a few words that he says and think about how I've just been struck, even though I've known this passage for a long time, I was struck again this week of how intimately he ties together our willingness to listen to each other and our willingness to listen to God. And he's talking to... um, He's talking to to seminary students. He's talking to people in in communities. It's in a book called Life Together when he's talking about um, what does life shared together look like in the Christian community. And he writes, the first service, interesting, the first service that one owes to others in the fellowship. He's talking about the Christian community consists in listening to them. The first service, okay? The first thing that I owe you, the first thing that you owe each other, he says, is to listen to them. Just as love of God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for their brethren is learning to listen to them. So, so just as one of the ways that we demonstrate our love for God is our willingness to listen to God, so our love for each other begins with our willingness to listen to each other. It is God's love for us that he not only gives us his word, but also lends us his ear. So so God speaks through God's word to which we might listen, but also God listens to us. God, and, and we know what a gift that is, right? I mean, how many times in our life have we found ourselves on our knees or on our face before God, and the only thing that comforted us was that we were utterly convinced that God heard us, right? Um, So it is, and this is an extraordinary thing that he says, so that it is God's work that we do for our brothers or sisters when we learn to listen to them you catch that? I mean, that, that's such an interesting connection. I'm not sure I saw that clearly before. So when we're listening to each other, we're not just doing a beautiful thing on the human level. We're actually doing God's work. That's the line that comes after God lends us his ear. I mean, one of the ways that God lends us his ear is by providing brothers and sisters who listen to us, and that we are doing God's work when we're listening to others. We we are also God's ear, which is not to say that God isn't also listening, but one of the ways that God listens to us is through other people. It's a pretty extraordinary claim when you think about it. I, don't, I think that would change the way I listen. I'm, I'm almost positive it would change the way that I listen if I were reminded on a regular basis that this is holy work when we listen to each other. It's not just a kind of nice thing to do for people, although it might be, right? But that there's something holy potentially going on here right, that I, I in some way that I can't explain, um, that I am potentially being an agent of God's desire to listen to us when I will allow myself to listen to you and you allow yourself to listen to me and to others. Um, this is the kind of calling that we have. Right. It, and, in that, and in that calling, in that listening, I mean, is deep vulnerability. There it, it is. It says Christians so often think that they must always contribute something when they are in the company of others, that this is the one service they have to render. They forget that listening can be a greater service than speaking, right? And how often have we found ourselves there, right? When we're, we're listening to somebody, or maybe not even listening, but we're with somebody, and we think that well, what, I have, what I have to offer is surely some wisdom. And to be reminded that, you know, the first service, and maybe the most important service we offer, is, is not our words, but just listening. And most of you, you know that. Uh, most of you know, um, through experience, your own experience, and just life experience, that, for example, when when someone has a deep loss, right, um, have lost somebody dear to them or is experiencing hardship, I mean that uh, what they most need from us is probably not our words, although I feel compelled to offer them, right, because I'm uncomfortable in their, their vulnerability makes me uncomfortable. So I try to get rid of that vulnerability by speaking into it. It's almost, it feels like what we just feel compelled to do. But if you've been on the other side of that, what you really know is you just want that other person to listen to you or just to be with you, right? And say nothing. But that's a Just human presence is, is the most important gift there, not my incessant chatter. Let me just read one more line here. He has a lot, number of things to say, but which is here's the challenge, the convicting part. Bonhoeffer says, but the one who can no longer listen to his brother will soon be no longer listening to God either. He'll be doing nothing but prattle in the presence of God too. I think he's probably right about that. Um, That if I find it increasingly difficult to listen when I'm in your presence and all I can do is chatter and prattle, that probably... I will find myself increasingly in the presence of God doing the same thing. And that's, again, sobering to me. Um, and it kind of reminds us that this listening and vulnerability, the vulnerability on both sides, the listening on both sides, um, this is deeply part of the Christian life. This is not... And we started talking about vulnerability, I was suggesting one of the things I recognized as I've been reflecting on this is how central this is in the Christian life. This is not something around the edges. Um, but our willingness to be vulnerable before God, our willingness to be vulnerable before other people, our willingness to receive others' vulnerability. Uh, and as we'll see, later on uh, our willingness to actually recognize God's vulnerability that may be the shocking part Um, that there is vulnerability shot through human life and the Christian life and it's really easy to sort of expend enormous amount of energies avoiding that Either avoiding myself being vulnerable or not creating the space for you to be vulnerable or not honoring your vulnerability when you are. And the kinds of unintended wounds, right? We said that vulnerability, the word vulnerable comes from the word for wound, the kind of unintended wounds that we Create that we exact on others when we aren't attentive to this uh, just this one thing, right? That on one level seems so simple listening. Um, So, my hope and prayer for all of us this week is that we will be uh, attentive to those who are vulnerable around us, that God will give us eyes to see, and that we would be attentive to the need to to listen to those that God brings across our path this week, and that we would perhaps be more willing than we sometimes are to listen and be silent in the presence of God. Let's pray. God of grace and mercy, we too often come before you with far too many words. And so we ask in the coming week that you might give us a greater measure of your spirit and strength and wisdom courage you might help us be silent to genuinely listen to those you might bring bring across our path that we might likewise genuinely listen to you that we might risk that vulnerability with our neighbor and we might risk that vulnerability with you and in so doing more fully enter in to your love we pray this through Christ Amen. <laughs>